and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. If you have your Bibles, I want you to get them ready to turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to be reading our text there. And look, I even have the verses up on the screen for you. So if you didn't bring your Bible by accident, everybody say by accident. Because we need to bring our Bible on purpose, right? Amen. 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 Before we read that text, you know, we're going to be talking about the shepherd. How he left the 99 to go seek the one lost Sheep, But how many of you here, in answer to that connection question, have ever lost something valuable? Raise your hand if you've ever lost something. I would be safe to say that uh, almost all of us have lost something valuable. Lately, the things that we lose seem to be cell phones, right? People misplace cell phones all the time. Or your keys to your house, to your vehicles. Or in the case of my wife, three years ago, she lost the wedding ring that I gave her 23 years ago and she lost it and we tore the house upside down looking for it because how many know that a wedding ring is on a different level than a cell phone cell phone you can replace wedding ring is a is a moment a precious moment in time and so we searched we looked and we couldn't find it and she thought she, she had taken it off and done dishes and it fell down the drain. I even took the drain apart and it wasn't in there. So we didn't see it. And eight months go by and we found it. It was in a sweater, in a pocket, in a sweater. She went and put that sweater on one day and all of a sudden she looked in the pocket and lo and behold, there was her wedding ring right there. And she had looked everywhere else but in that sweater, in that pocket. And, and the point there is that we will all lose things that are of value at some point and we'll do whatever it takes up to a point and then we give up, right? Well, I want to talk to you this morning about the parable of the lost sheep and how Jesus, he gives us this parable and he didn't stop. He would have gone to the ends of the earth like he may have for each of you here today. He'll go to the ends of the earth for each of you because he values you. He desires to have a relationship with each of you. Amen? So let's, let's read from that. If you'll stand with me this morning, uh, I'm going to take the time to just read this passage, verses 1 through 7, starting in, in Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. 
Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you right now. I pray, Lord, for your anointing on your word this morning. Your word is anointed, but Lord, I pray, give me the words to speak, the wisdom to speak, Lord, and declare your word today. Help us to have ears to hear this morning, to hear what the Spirit of God is telling each of us in a unique way. And we pray that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and tell them, you look good today. You look good. All right, you may be seated this morning. Amen. We got a good-looking church, don't we? Yes. Amen. Well, here's the beautiful thing about these parables that Jesus spoke on in the, in the Gospels. This passage here, it's describing how Jesus was with sinners. Did you catch that right there in verse 1? He wasn't afraid to, to speak to sinners, and, and I'm afraid that our modern-day culture or, or church world can sometimes become so sanitary. So, well, we can't have fellowship with this group. What, what's the world going to think of us? You know, and, and we've got to be careful with that because who are you and I? We're, we're sinners just, just saved by His grace, right? We're just saved by His grace. And here Jesus is describing in verse 1, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners, everybody say sinners, sinners. were all gathering around to hear Jesus. You notice how they were gathering around. First of all, when you're in sin like I was, I, I didn't grow up in this, but when I first discovered this message, I wanted to hear, well, who is this Jesus? What is this Holy Spirit? Why is it drawing me like a magnet to know more of Him? And I was at that place. I didn't know nothing about anything. I didn't know where Genesis was or Revelation. I just knew that we had a big family Bible on our living room table that had a lot of beautiful colored pictures in it. Remember that, Brother Reuben, my brother? Yeah. You remember we used to have that family Bible? Had no idea where any of the books in the Bible were. I just loved looking at the beautiful pictures, colored pictures in there. That was my extent of my Bible knowledge. But yet, Jesus was drawing me to him. He was speaking to me. How many have had a similar experience where his spirit is just drawing you? Yet you're still living in your sin at that moment. You're still living in disobedience. That's where these people found themselves. The tax collectors and sinners. And one important thing here that we got to note is that the tax collectors, they viewed themselves up here above sin and reproach. They were Pharisees. And we have these modern day Pharisees that can tend to think, this religious group that can tend to think, well, I, I, I can't be caught with these people. That They're below me. They're beneath me. But Jesus didn't have a problem with it. So why should you and I, amen? Why should you and I ever have a problem witnessing whether it's the homeless person, whether it's somebody in your family, and we all have people in our families, come on, there's no perfect family here. We all have people in our families that need to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Who were these tax collectors? Well, they were Jews who collected these various taxes for the Romans. They were hated and despised by their people. They were de despised because they would take advantage of their own people and collect above and beyond what the government was demanding. So they were despised. 
How many remember the video we showed a couple weeks ago of Jesus telling Matthew, the tax collector, come and follow me? I love that video. Actually, one of my favorite videos because it just shows that desire in his heart that he wanted to change. See, that tax collector was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And unfortunately, that's the truth. We won't do anything until we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's when all of a sudden we hear that spirit of God calling us, wooing us, drawing us. Because as long as we're doing well, some people can say this, I don't have time for Jesus. I don't have time for church. And that's a sad commentary here today, man. So again, these Pharisees would typically never have been caught hanging with sinners. But they were on this particular day. Jesus was speaking and these sinners were there. Sinners, so you can imagine prostitutes, drug users, you name it, they were all there listening to the message of Jesus. Just like they need to hear it today. Amen? So uh, according to the Pharisees and scribes, anyone who did not have the same understanding as the Pharisees was a sinner. That's how legalistic, because see, they were very legalistic and very narrow-minded. See, narrow-minded people don't have room for you and I. They're, they're very judgmental. And, and I'm trying to speak to you today that we don't go there as believers, that we don't become judgmental and legalistic and say, well, God could never save that person. Well, how do you know that? How do you know? I've heard some amazing testimonies of what God has done in people's lives. And some of you are here today. Some of those amazing testimonies are here today. Amen? God can work and do a work in anybody's life. I don't care how bad the situation looks. Amen? Now, now if you notice in verse 4, if you jump down to verse 4, Jesus here is talking and giving this parable about a hundred sheep. And suppose the shepherd loses one of them, how he goes after that one, how he leaves 99 behind. And you know why he leaves 99 behind? Because to your thinking, you would think, well, let that one go. I want to hold on to my 99. I don't want to lose any more. That would be the natural thinking process. But this is where Jesus is coming from and what he wants to tell you today. He values each of you so much. He loves you so much. He will chase you. He will follow you to the ends of the earth. Amen. He will seek after you because the problem is we can run away. We can, we can, we can backslide if we're not careful. And we can lose sight of what the goal is, to have a desire to serve God, to seek Him and seek Him only. Amen? Amen. See, Jesus and the shepherd, they both know this one principle, that the 99 are going to be safe together as a flock. As long as they stay together, they're not going to have any issues. It's the moment that you have that one sheep, and you, you've all seen that, right? When you've been driving in the countryside, you see the sheep all grazing, but there's always that one by the fence, right? That one that wants to be different. Maybe it's you today. Maybe that was you growing up. You were different than your brothers and sisters. And if you can't think of who that is in your family, it's definitely you. Okay? So again, we got to be careful. 
If we're straying away from the pack, there's safety in numbers. You've heard that before. There's safety in the flock. Jesus wasn't worried about the 99. He knew they were going to be fine. It was that one. He desired to have that relationship and to save that one. Amen? Here's the other amazing thing is he goes out, the Bible says that he calls them by name. He calls us by name. He knows our voice. And we know his voice, as the scripture verse said. Do we have that scripture verse? Can you put that one up on the screen? I just want to show that again here in just a moment. The scripture verse, John 10 and verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. And he knows us, each one of us. Amen. I remember... Um, this one experience I had, I went to Mexico when I was a younger person before I got married and we were, I was down there with some friends and we went to this old, this ranch and there was this uh, rancher, he had a bunch of cattle and I had never seen this before in my life. I've shared this here before, but how many know that you that have pets, animals, dogs, cats, you can call Max and Max will come over. You can, you know, if you're, their dogs, they'll come over. Cats have a mind of their own, but I had never seen this happen. He had cattle, and he was going to milk them so he could give us some milk to eat, to drink. And so he goes over there, opens the gate to his field, and says, Maria, come over here, Maria. And all of a sudden, one cow turns around and starts trotting over. And I'm like, whoa, check that out. I, I've never seen a cow come. And then he milked her, and, and then he sends her back out. And then he goes, Juanita, Juanita. And another cow comes. And I'm like, by this time, amazed, going, check that out. I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think cows could hear or understand that. And it, just, it just blew me away. And so we had our warm milk, and it was good and all that. And, but the, the same principle here goes with Jesus. Jesus knows every one of your names here today. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? Yeah. That he knows your name. You are his masterpiece. The Bible says you are his masterpiece. Everybody say, I am his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. Now it doesn't mean you're a finished product here today. God's still working on you today. He's working on you every day at a time, one day at a time. But you're his masterpiece. He cares for you. He loves you. And if you were to leave the flock, rest assured, he is going to be searching for you and trying to woo you back to the flock. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many are thankful for that this morning? The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The sheep know his voice. It's so important. Just as that was illustrated to me in Mexico with those cattle. The cattle knew the rancher's voice. Jesus as well. He, we know his voice and he knows our, our name as well. Amen. Did you know that in the Bible, let me share some little trivial fact with you. That there are over 247 references to sheep or shepherds in the Bible. Over 247 references. Now, you should know that today that the the Bible does compare us believers as sheep. All right? I didn't write it. The Lord wrote it. It says it in his word. We're sheep. 
Now sheep, if you know anything about sheep, we're not, sheep are not the brightest animals on the planet, alright? And again, I didn't write it, I'm just telling you what it says. And as, as, as a pastor, I'm your shepherd in this congregation. I will always steer you in the right direction, that is to Jesus. I will never steer you in any wrong direction, amen? And, and just as Jesus went and searched for that sheep, or the shepherd did, if, if somebody doesn't come to church and I haven't seen them for a while, guess what I'm going to be doing? Hey, brother, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Can I pray for you over anything? That's what I'm going to do. So if that happens, just expect that call, okay? If I don't see you here after a few weeks, I'm, I'm going to worry about you. I know we have vacations and things come up. Great, enjoy them. But I expect to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again, I want to go back to this lost sheep. How did that sheep wander away? Well, again, I made a point of when we drive by these pastures, we'll often see one single solitary sheep grazing by himself. And you always go, well, that sheep got to be careful because he's away from the flock. See, they have no offensive weapons. Sheep can't protect themselves. They can't get you with any horns. They can't bite you. They, they can't, you know, they're not like goats that can ram right into you. I got rammed by a goat when I was a kid. I know that. And they can't protect themselves. They need a shepherd. Well, what happens, and this is, this is church, this is what happens is, if, if God saved you, brought you out of this place over here, and brought you over here to this place of grace, of salvation, He doesn't want you going back. In fact, the Bible describes it as a dog going back to his own vomit, right? And I don't know about you, but I've seen my dog vomit, and I don't want to go like back to a situation like that, or where I came from. I don't want to go to a situation like that. But here's what happens, is we're, we're living for God, we're marching for God, we're trusting God, and we're experiencing His goodness. But all it takes is one day to just go, looking back at something that you did, or, or people you used to hang with, or things that you used to do, that you just go, and, and that look... Number one, it paralyzes you. Then you can't keep walking. You can't keep growing. But what it does is you go like this. One step. That's all it is. One step because it was just a look. And then before you know it, you take another step. And then all of a sudden, I don't see you at church. You stop coming to church. Uh, Forget about Wednesday night Bible studies. Don't even show up for that. And then pretty soon... You're hanging with the same group that you used to hang with before, doing the same things you used to do before that God saved you out of. Amen? If you're not careful, that's where you'll find yourself. And that's what the Lord is here is trying to express. Even if you were to do that, He's still going to search for you. He still desires and longs to have a loving relationship with you here today. Amen? It doesn't matter how bad or what you've done, God doesn't care about that. God can forgive you of that today, man. And and I've shared this with you today, or before, that, you know, I did get saved, and I walked with the Lord for a a few years, and then I backslid. Before Before I ever met Anna, years before I met her, I backslid. I did this, because I know what I'm talking about here today. I did this. 
And I went back, and I looked back and saw what, what was back there. And the Bible tells us that you will find yourself in a worse situation than you ever were in to begin with. And that's where I had my, my prodigal moment. I'm like, at that moment, which is another sermon entirely, but I did find myself going, Lord, what am I doing here? What am I doing in this place, a spiritual place of darkness, of sin? And that's when I woke up, and the Lord, because the Lord's Spirit was there. He was searching for me. He was searching for me, and finally I heard His voice. I recognized His voice. It was speaking to me, saying, Rick, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And the Lord pulled me out of there and brought me back and restored me and put me in a good place where I realized I could never go back to that filth and garbage. Never, in the, in the name of Jesus, never go back to that. So hopefully none of you have to experience that because that's a tough place to come out of. Many people never return from that place when they go back. Many people that I know are lost and have walked out doors of this church and other churches that I've belonged to still are living in sin and never they, there's, there's just a tough place once you go back to be able to be restored there's something uh, about sin it just captures you and takes control of your thoughts, your mind your spirit and has you in bondage I mean bondage handcuffs, you're chained and it's difficult to escape from a place like that only the Lord can bring you out of that. And that's why we need to continue to walk with the flock, be with the flock, be in church regularly. Amen? Amen. 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 So again, these sheep, going back to the sheep and the shepherd, they don't intentionally plan to get lost. They get lost one blade of grass at a time. <laughs> Literally, one blade of grass, and before you know it, they're off on the side, and, and the prey, the wolf, or whatever uh, is their enemy, will devour them. And for us, we know that there's a roaring lion that goes about seeking whom he may devour. That is our enemy, and we need to be aware of that. Amen? Yeah. Now, the Bible, again, John 10, verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to challenge you with this as well. Take the time in your busy day this week, okay? Today's an easy day to do this. We're all in church. But tomorrow, when the rubber hits the road, when you're back at work, when you're back in meetings and back with people that you may not necessarily like and they don't like you, but you got to show the love of God, right? Because you're a believer. But... Even in, throughout that stress-filled day, listen for His voice. Take the time to meditate and listen for His voice in quiet, in stillness. Uh, you know, this, this week, I just felt that God is trying to tell me, and, and we're, we're going away this weekend. I'm going to a, a, a pastor's conference this weekend. We won't be here, but we're going to have my brother Ed speaking next week. And the Lord was reminding me, that we need to have a time of quietness. Just you and him and letting his voice speak to you. But you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to listen. What does that mean? How, how does that play out? Well, you just say, Lord, here I am. What do you want me to hear? 
And it's just meditating, meaning, meaning just taking that time, just you and God, closing out the, the doors to noise, to the internet, to the radio, to the TV, to your kids if you can for that moment. And just you and God, let him speak to you. Because it's during those times that you hear his voice. You hear it either through a scripture you may have heard and read. God will remind you right there of a certain scripture. And then he'll encourage you. He'll give you strength for that day. Amen? Amen. So let's do that this week. Let's just one-on-one get with God this, this week. So here's what happens, too, with a lot of families in uh, terms of losing something. How many here have kids right here? Raise your hand if you have kids. Okay. How many have ever lost a child at the mall, at the supermarket? You lost a child, right? Now, if that's you, and even if it's you and you don't want to admit it today, because that happens to most of us, all right? Just admit it, go public. It happens to most of us. At Disneyland. Oh, no. (laughs) That's tragic right there. That could be tragic. But can you imagine at Disneyland the panic that would set in on you as a parent when you cannot locate your child at Disneyland? We're not talking Lucky's right now. We're not talking Ross, Dress for Less. We're talking Disneyland. There's thousands of people there, and, and they're all little people. And you're trying to find your little people. That would be instant panic. Instant panic. And you would do, you know, as Jill was saying, that was her child. She would do anything. She'd flip things over, knock tables over to find her child at that moment. That's how desperate that love is for her child, that she will do anything necessary to find that child. And uh, I rest assured that you found that child. Uh, Yes, you did. It was Taylor when he was two. And that happens. It happens. But see, that same love... And on a much greater scale is what your Heavenly Father does for you and I. He will search for us. And he, will, he will look for us. And have you ever been in here where you felt just the presence of God and you're just weeping? And you don't know why? That's God reminding you that He loves you. He is reminding you today or in that moment, He loves you so much. And He wants to just hold you. And love on you. Amen? Amen. I love this parable because it really declares that great love he has for each of us. Now, here's the great news as well. When that lost sheep is found, there's tremendous joy. Tremendous joy, not only for the shepherd, but he, the Bible, the parable goes on to say, he invited all his friends and neighbors, and they threw a big old party. They had a block party, and they invited American Canyon, Vallejo, the Bay Area. Everybody was there. They were celebrating the lost one who had been found, and now he was home. She was home. The Bible says that heaven rejoices. Last week we had one give their life to the Lord last week. Heaven rejoices at the sight of one person giving their heart to the Lord. Amen. The angels rejoice and throw a Holy Ghost party up in heaven. How many believe that? Amen. 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 See, the love of our Father is clear. We have a verse up here, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise... As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen? To repentance. See, the Lord loves you so much, he doesn't want you to lose your life spiritually. 
He wants you to come to this knowledge of repentance, of, of saying, okay, I turn around, a repentance is a 180 degree turn, I'm, I'm walking this way, and it means repenting, now mar- marching this way. Saying, I give up that old lifestyle, now I'm going to walk in the newness of, of Jesus Christ, of my Savior. And when you begin to do that, He begins blessing you. How many have found that to be true? Amen? Amen. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says this, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants all men to be saved. Jesus wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The truth is here in the Word. If you don't put your face in this book, you won't get the Word. Now, I didn't say Facebook. I said put your face in this book. You'll know and come to a knowledge of His truth. Amen? Amen. Nothing wrong with Facebook, nothing wrong with social media. Just let's spend more time in the Word than we do in social media. Amen? And on your outline, I've put some things here of consequences of being lost or alone. Number one, you're outside the fold. There's no company, no fellowship. There's nothing worse than being part of a church, but not really connecting, being on the periphery, just, just being an attender, okay? I said an, an attender. An attender is just someone that comes, but is not connected. They're not connected. They don't have prayer available to them. They don't have people um, texting them, calling them. Hey, how can I encourage you today? How can I pray with you today, bro? How can I pray with you, sister? Um, that's what fellowship brings you. You know, at any gathering we have, we have food. And we eat good, don't we? We, those of you that are visiting here today, we have food like this every Sunday. Uh, our Bible studies are no different. We get spiritually fed and physically fed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, again, those are just little tiny benefits of things that you have here in our fellowship. But if you're just an attender, just sitting out there and not connected, you lose out on a lot of blessings that God has for you. So, second point is, you're away from the shepherd, away from the shepherd. There's no guidance or protection. There's no guidance or protection. It'd be like if one of you here had had an issue, um, spiritual issue, or you needed prayer, but you didn't come and say, Pastor Rick, I need you to pray for me this week. I need you to pray for my family this week. And you just kept it to yourself. Why would you do that? The shepherd here, I'm here to help you, to lead you, to pray for you, to encourage you, to teach you. Make yourself available. Amen? Amen. If you're away from the shepherd, if you're not coming to church, you're going to lose out on that benefit. And same thing with these sheep. When they would wander away, one blade at a time, they were now vulnerable. And that's what happens when you're away from the flock. You become vulnerable to the enemy that wants to destroy your soul today. And we need to be careful with that. And then the third point is you're away from your home. And what happens when you're away from your home? When you go on vacation, when you go someplace far away, say North Carolina, and you take a trip out there for a week or wherever... You're exhausted by the time that trip is up, aren't you? You're exhausted. You just want to get home to your bed and your comfortable pillow, right? It doesn't matter if you went to Hawaii, went to Paris, wherever you go, you want to just get home. And you want to put your head on your pillow and just rest. 
the sheep, when they were away from the flock, they were nervous because all of a sudden they realized, I'm by myself. I, I got to be careful because there could be predators out here after me. And, and so they can't sleep. They can't get rest. And they're physically a mess. And that's what can happen to you and I if we're not careful. Amen. We need to be with the flock. Amen. We need to be together, not alone. And finally, our fourth point here, under consequences of being alone, we're apart from where they ought to have been. Sheep do not do well alone. Sheep do not do well alone. Again, referencing sheep to people is what the Bible says. We don't do well alone. That's very, that rule applies to most of humanity. There are very few instances where that may be true. There's things called hermits, right? Uh, people like to be alone. Some people that are hermits. But that's, that's an uh, extreme measure there. Most of us require fellowship. Most of us desire that. And we need that occasional hug, the, the encouragement, the, the reminder that we have brothers and sisters that love us and care for us. Most of us cannot do well on our own. It does, God did not create you to be alone in this earth. When he created Adam, he said he's alone. He, he needs a companion. And, and he said it is not good for man to be alone. So be with your families. Be with your loved ones. Don't be by yourself. What happens when you get by yourself? You start sulking and all of a sudden that depression comes on, right? You start getting negative and start worrying and thinking, oh, here I am, poor, pitiful me. Nobody's had it as bad as me. Nobody's ever had it this bad. And I'm going through the worst thing ever. I mean, right? Don't we all do that? And that's what happens when you're by yourself. And if we're not careful, that's what the enemy wants you to think so that you can walk a defeated life. The Lord doesn't want you to walk defeated. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? You walk victoriously. You are a child of the king. Everybody say, I'm a child of the king. king. Amen. There's no beautiful words in that right there. I'm a child of the king. And then uh, our next point here. Jesus sees our despair without a shepherd. See, again, they were without a shepherd, meaning no guidance. It's my job as your pastor here at Foothill Christian Fellowship. It's my job as a pastor to lead you and guide you, to give you spiritual food here every day that we get together. That's my job. And God has called me to do this, and he holds me accountable to do that. So we grow together as a church, amen, because of that. I've told you this before, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. I've shared that both Anna and I, my wife, we follow Christ. So I encourage you, follow us as we follow the Lord. We're not going to steer you wrong. I promise you that, amen? They were without a shepherd, no guidance. And you have that here today. They were without the blessings of the church. The blessings of the church and of the saved, again, such as prayer, companionship, peace, joy, rest, satisfaction, comfort, etc. Here's the other thing about the church. 
every single time we open the doors, whether it's Bible studies at, at my home, Irene's home, and Wayne's home, the church is a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost hospital. Amen? It's a hospital where those emotional and spiritual hurts can be addressed. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he went about healing all those that were afflicted. And he says that greater works than, than those shall we do. Amen? How many believe that today? How many honestly believe that? Amen. That's the God that we serve. And that's what's available to you today as believers. Amen. These are the things the lost world knows nothing about. These things here. They know nothing about that. Nothing about fellowship. Nothing about having a loving Savior. Our duty as believers... Now that we're saved by that amazing grace and we're in that fold, it's to tell others about Jesus Christ. Amen. What does uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 say? It says that you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. So everywhere you go, it could be the Philippines, it could be Mexico, it could be Italy, France, Hawaii, wherever you go, you're to be his witnesses for his glory. Amen? Each of you. I want you to see, and I want to challenge you with these three things, and you have them on your bottom of your outline on the first page, is to visualize, to see that harvest. Because just like you came to know Christ, there are many, many more in this community not only in this community, but surrounding communities that have yet to know our living Savior. Amen? How many know people right now that don't know the Lord? Raise your hand if, that's, if you know someone today that doesn't know the Lord. That's almost all of us here today. We know people that, that are atheists, agnostics, some that don't know what it's all about. They believe there's a God and, and they, they don't have it figured out. And that's all right. But we need to be praying for those And we need to see them in a church, whether it's this church or another church, a Bible-believing church. We need to pray for them. Amen? We need to begin to visualize. You see over here to your right, to my left, there's a bunch of empty chairs there. We have a bunch of more chairs that we can set up here. Uh, My vision, and I've shared this with you, I've seen this room filled. I had a dream one time where this whole room was packed out. I walked in through these doors just amazed at the amount of people in here. It was beyond what those chairs are right there. It was just packed in here. So I know, because I visualized it, that we're going to get there one day. I want you to begin to visualize that. And then secondly, agonize over that. What I mean by that is pray about it. Pray and seek the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not going to be content with with 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 60 people, 70 people. I'm not going to be content, Lord, until you fill your house, till you fill your house. You keep praying that, and I promise you, God is going to continue to draw people in here. How many believe that this morning? And then evangelize. We must be evangelists. A lot of people can say, well, pastor, that's your job. Well, it, it is. It's, it's part of my job. But at the same time, you can reach and influence people that I will never come in contact with. And I had a, a good testimony this morning from someone. I won't share their name. But they said that somebody came up to them and asked them how they were doing at work. And they said, oh, I'm blessed. And that person came back to their desk and said, you know what? That was so great. That was so great that you said that and just patted them and said, I love that you said that. 
How many of us will take the time to do that tomorrow at our workplace when someone asks you, hey, how you doing? Because you know half of the people you work with are going to be hung over tomorrow. They're, gonna, they're not going to be feeling it. It's going to be the Monday morning blues. And, and they're going to be going, how was your, how's your Monday? In other words, they're going to be saying, are you miserable just like I am? Do you not want to be here like I don't? And when you tell them, I'm blessed, and you can even say, blessed and highly favored, if you want, if you want to live dangerously, and then ask them, what does that mean? Amen? Challenge you to do that. Do that. But my point is, you and you alone can evangelize to those people. That little testimony that I just shared, it made an impact on that person. That person now is going to be be looking at the person that shared that and say, they're blessed. I wonder why they're blessed now. That, that, that's going to raise another curiosity factor. Now that person can go back and say, you know, this is the reason why I'm blessed, and on and on and on. It's an open door. See, God will open doors for you like that. Amen? Pray that God gives you eyes to see the harvest out there. Amen? To see it like He sees it. If you were to see with the eyes that God would give you to see the harvest of, of opportunities all around us, it would just amaze you. Tomorrow, I assure you, there will be some hurting people at your workplace. There will be somebody that's hurting. There will be somebody that needs to be encouraged tomorrow. There will be somebody that just needs someone to tell them, hey, can I pray with you? I, I just sense that I, wanna, I need to pray with you. And that God wants to tell you that he loves you. You never know how words like that can impact somebody and, and probably save them from either a bad decision they're about to make. You never know. Just ask God to give you eyes to see the harvest out there. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then finally, lost and found. Lost and found. I mentioned, I briefly mentioned it here, but there are people that used to attend this church that no longer come for choices of their own, um, that don't attend church anywhere. Um, This isn't a perfect church, and I'll tell you there isn't any perfect church. But we do love God, and if you're a member of our church, if you're a regular attender here of our church, I hope you continue to come. I hope you continue to grow in the Lord. But there are many that have walked out this door, and many of the churches here in town and in our communities that have walked out never ever to come and, and grace a church again. Why is that? They were hurt. Something, something happened. They got hurt along the way. And maybe they have an unforgiving spirit. Maybe they're back at this place I was mentioning earlier where they took a peek back there and now they're, they're here in bondage and they can't leave, they can't escape. Remember those people this week. And you know, as we, as we have grown these past three years, two and a half years that we've been here, there's people that you've come to know, that you've had maybe at your house, maybe had a meal with, and they're not here today. And are they in danger of, of losing their eternal salvation? I don't know about that. I just know that God needs to speak to them. God needs to remind them that he loves them. Amen? God needs to, to remind them that he desires a relationship with them. Won't you pray with them this week or um, at home as they come to your mind and remembrance? Amen? Let's pray for those people. Because sometimes we can go through spiritual trials that will just, it will knock us for a loop and prevent us 
from ever coming back to the place God intended. See, our Lord, when he was here, when Jesus was here physically on this earth, he was preaching the gospel continually, continually to lost and hurting souls. That was his audience, lost and hurting souls. And that's what we want here is we want lost and hurting souls to continue to to come into this house. Coming up here real shortly in June, we're going to have our outreach again, the movies in the park Friday night. We've been doing that now for years, seven, eight years now. And we'll be there. Our presence will be there every Friday night. And I want to encourage you, invite your friends if you can, if you have little ones. These are little kid movies, but bring them out there so that we can get to know them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Once again, the reason why Jesus wanted to reach us and why he reached everybody here was to reach the lost and hurting souls with the gospel. Amen. And as I close this morning, I want to leave you with three final scriptures. Three promises from the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5, absolutely one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. That is a promise from our Lord Jesus. That is one of the greatest promises in his word right there. You will never walk alone. No matter where you go, no matter what you face, if you're facing an infirmity today, news from a doctor, news from a physician that that just ruined your day, maybe the tragedy, know this, you will never walk alone. God walks with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, having said that, we can choose to distance ourselves from God. That's not his desire, is it? His desire is that you would walk with him day by day, one day at a time, amen? And then Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11 says this, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. How many love that scripture? It just reminds us that God has his best intentions for you. For each one of you. Maybe you didn't grow up with with knowing God. Maybe you didn't know the blessings of God in your household growing up. You have that opportunity today to receive all the blessings that God has for you. Amen? Amen. And then finally, John chapter 10 and verse 10. The scripture says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. Abundantly. Amen. God does not desire for you and I to live a miserable existence. He doesn't, doesn't desire for you to just get by, meaning just uh, struggling and, and with no, no uh, future in sight. Jeremiah chapter 29 reminds us that he came to give us a hope and a future. Amen. Amen. This scripture here reminds us that he's come that we may have life, life, and have it more abundantly. It's more than just dragging into work on Monday all hungover and not feeling it. It's much more than that. God has greater plans for you than that. That's what the world does. The world is, is lost in their misery and their sin, and you're going to see it up close tomorrow. Or maybe today after the Warriors game, if the Warriors lose. But that's another story. Go Warriors. <laughs> God has promised to give you life and that more abundantly. Amen? We need to begin to walk in that, to obey 
his word so that we may experience that life that he has for each of us. And then finally, I want to close with these following uh, suggestions to you. I want to suggest that you do these following three things. So you've read these scriptures, you've heard these scriptures, and maybe you're new, maybe you, uh, this is all new to you, and you're trying to figure it out. Well, how does that work in my life? How do I have an abundant lifestyle? How do uh, I, I, I have these things that the Word promises me? Well, number one, here it is. The B-I-B-L-E. How many know what it stands for? Basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E right here. We need to read it. We need to read it. Wednesday nights, great opportunity. We get into the Word. Wednesday nights on a smaller scale. Read the Word. We have charts here as well. Systematic reading. Reading the Bible through the year. If you've never done that, I challenge you. It's very easy. Just a few chapters a day of reading. And if you follow that systematic schedule, you'll have read the entire Bible in one year. That's a great accomplishment if you can do that. Number two, Pray daily. Pray daily. I personally, I can't imagine starting my day off without praying. I have to set the tone for the rest of the day by praying. I can't wait till night. I can't wait till noon. Although I may pray again at noon. I will pray again in the evening. But I need to start my day off first thing in the morning. Lord, I love you. Thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord, for the breath of life. I mean, a simple prayer. Prayer is just you communicating with God, telling Him what you're thankful for. Amen? And allowing Him then to speak into your life. And He does that through His Word, through prayer. And then thirdly, I would suggest to you, attend church regularly. Attend church regularly. When you're here, you get to hear the messages of God that will give you encouragement, will give you strength each and every day. Every week, I guarantee you, there are people in here that are facing and battling trials. Every day. But thank God we have our Lord that doesn't leave us nor forsake us and walks with us. Amen. He walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalms 23. There are so many wonderful scriptures that the Bible mentions that he desires to walk with you and love you. Amen. When I do these things by faith, the Lord then begins to bless my relationship with him. How many want to have a blessed relationship with him? Amen. Raise your hands if that's you today. Yes, amen. Begin to do these things every day and he will, I promise you, bless your relationship with him on a greater scale. Let's bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and and God, your word is true. It endures forever. And we count on it. We live on it. We desire it. And Lord, this morning, my prayer is that everyone here would have a strong desire to uh, live for you, to, to want more of you. Lord, because we've learned in our lives that as we put you number one, Lord, you take care of everything else around us. Lord, as we're obedient with our time, our talents, and our treasures, Father, you pour out blessings upon us. And I'm not talking about blessings of finance. I'm talking about blessings of spiritual blessings, of of having blessed relationships, Lord. Maybe having a better marriage, better relationships with my children, with my my brothers, with my sisters, with my family. Lord, I I believe in that because I've seen that. And that's the kind of blessing I want in my life. Kingdom blessings. Lord, that you pour out 
Father, that we would be able to walk in your light, Lord, that others would see the light of Christ shining through each of us. So I pray that for everyone here today. And Lord, we rejoice and thank you for your precious word this morning. Help us to take this home with us today, to meditate on it. Lord, to remember it during the week, to pray for others, Father, during the week, to come to our mind. And Lord, I thank you again, and I pray your blessings. Father, in the name of Jesus, meet the needs here today, as you do every day. In Jesus' name.